0: Hello, welcome to the Girl and Duck podcast. I'm Jen Storer, acclaimed children's book author and chief inspirationalist, that's not a term I made up, at girlandduck.com, creative writing, creative life. At Girl and Duck, I take you on a journey from exploring the art of kid-lit creation, right through to mastering the art of kid-lit creation. To find out more about the courses and products that I offer, pop over to the website you're bound to find inspiration and support and something to absolutely love over there. That's www.girlandduck.com. But in the meantime, stick around because we've got lots to talk about. It's been a while. There's a thing about this podcast, and that is that I do this podcast just because I like it like literally that's the only reason I never look at the stats I don't even know how I literally don't know how (laughs) I don't know how to look up the stats I don't know how to look up the reviews all I do is come on here and talk to you and when the urge takes me and sometimes you know I'm really on top of it and doing it every week or every other day in some cases and then I have periods like I have of late where I'm just lost in other things And um, and I and I like running the podcast that way. I like that it's I'm not I'm not doing this to gain followers. I'm just doing it to talk to you and to share with you and connect with you. Um, A couple of people have said some really nice things about the podcast recently on Instagram. I can see you, Michelle. I can see you, Hannah. <laughs> and so that always, that sort of encouragement always prompts me to hop hop on and, you know, hop on the phone because I record on the phone and chat to you. Um, but yeah, the podcast, this is not a competitive podcast. I'm not always, you know, saying subscribe and hit the like button and make sure you leave a review and all that. Of course, I love that. And my tech man loves that. But You know, it's not what I'm here for. So let's get that out of the way, shall we? Um, What did I want to say? I wanted to say lots of things. I've just gone up and got a coffee and I was in the car thinking about, you know, things that I could talk to you about and um, trying to organize them in my brain. One of the things that sparked me was a, a week or so ago, I was in Duck Pond office hours I think that's where it was or it might have been a coaching call in the junior fiction course anyway somewhere (laughs) someone asked me a question about dialogue hello Beatrice Um, I hope you can can't she doesn't disturb you Um, they asked me about dialogue and they said that um, they they have their narrator's voice sort of down pat they're they're confident with the narrator's voice but the minute the characters start to speak um it all sort of goes to shit and and this particular person said that the dialogue is really stiff and she wanted to know if I had any any suggestions about that so one of the things I really want to point out is that this is really common like you're not alone if Dialogue is your tripping point. I've seen it many 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 times over the years. In fact one time years and years ago I um, had a writing not a friend, but just sort of a writing buddy that I was in a group with um, and She wanted me to read a piece that she had written and I said sure so she gave me this piece. This was uh, this was adult fiction and the piece opened and it was so beautiful like it was so lyrical and the writing was just it was just sort of it caught my breath you know it's like I was jealous I thought oh shit (laughs) how could I why do I even bother you know I had that moment of really severe comparisonitis um before we had a word for comparisonitis and um I thought this is just amazing and then characters spoke now there was about four or five of them and they were in a cafe and I can truly say it was dreadful like it was just like it was like another writer came in and said I'll take it from here like it, it was so jarring the difference between the narrator's voice and the way that the dialogue was woven in was just so jarring that I, I I just I was sort of stopped in my tracks, and here I am 23 years or something later, still remembering it because it was so it was so you know awful, and I'm not not criticizing the writer, just the experience of reading, writing like that. But it was a really great learning curve for me because I understood that just because you can write you know some parts, or maybe description or setup or you know those sorts of things doesn't mean you can write everything straight off the bat all these little parts of your writing take time and whether you're writing a picture book that has dialogue or you know adult crime fiction or some sort of memoir or whatever it is that has dialogue dialogue is there's an art to dialogue and it takes time it takes time to to um, fine-tune it and so what I said to um, the person that I was speaking to the other day in the in the coaching call was that some of the ways that you can start to relax into your character's dialogue is and how they speak is is to take yourself outside of the manuscript and do a few little exercises. For instance, interview interview your your character you know, write out a series of questions you want to ask them and then, and then write an interview around that and see what they say. See what they say when they're outside of the story and they just want to chat, because then you might get an interesting turn of phrase, or you just might get that sort of angle into them that will help you. Um, Also, of course, you have to look at your own agenda. And this is what was wrong with the story that I read years ago, was that the author was trying to pull the strings on her characters she they were just little marinettes for her to get her agenda across and that's why they sounded so stiff and insincere and just wrong because they were saying stuff that wasn't true to them that was only true to the author trying to get her whatever it was her political agenda I can't remember what it was now get that across via dialogue and that's just a trip to hell All right. That's we've got to find subtler ways if we really do want to drive a theme and often we do, um, but we've got to be more subtle about it, you know, and we've got to develop our characters more deeply and we can't, we can't, we've got to avoid talking heads. Okay, we've just got to avoid talking heads. Um, the and the, the thing about interviewing a character too is that you can go into first person there, even if your story is not in first person. If you can get into this first person um, sort of exercise, then you might get better access to your character and how they speak. Um, the other thing too is that to not worry too much about dialogue at the in the first two or three drafts you know dialogue is something that can be very very easily over time fine-tuned okay it's not gonna it's not gonna ruin your story to have clunky dialogue at first just let that fear go okay everything can be fixed including the dialogue and you can go in later and spend lots of time really looking at that dialogue and really fine-tuning it um so yeah so so put it off you know don't don't panic straight away it doesn't mean you can't write dialogue it just means you're not writing good dialogue yet that's all that's all i mean i've had this experience this week with art you know i've been really really diving into my illustration and art in the last few months really really fine tuning it and um i've discovered that i've got to a point where after all these years where i finally can say to myself ah oh, you know what i can draw like i can draw that's a really big admission for me <laughs> okay i can draw and so i have started taking my my drawings to the next level where you know i'm starting to develop them and paint them and fill in the gaps and do all you know look at the movement and all that sort of stuff and what i discovered this week was that i was working with these two little characters and the first complete drawing that I did of them, it was really sweet, like it was really lovely, but it said nothing. Like it said nothing. The characters were just sitting there it was, and just sort of looking at each other, right? And, and, and so the whole exercise was, was really about me working with the materials and seeing how the materials, like the art supplies, how they interacted with each other within this context. And and so then the next time I drew the same drawing again I drew the the next drawing the next day I drew it again and this time I got more movement into the characters okay and because I was now feeling more confident with the with the materials and the mediums that I was using <clears throat> so I was able to focus more on the movement of the characters and get them to move more. So that second drawing was you know to my eye much better than the first one and I enjoyed it much more but the thing was that the characters were still cute and I'm not cute okay I (laughs) just cute's not who I am okay it's not who I am as a writer and it's not who I am as an artist and so I realized that now that I'd mastered all these other little things that it was time to push push myself OK, push myself out of the cute comfort zone because it was, would have been really easy to stay in the cute comfort zone. But that's not I didn't want to do that. And so day three, third drawing, I pushed myself out of the cute zone and into the messy, quirky, you know, sort of um, zone where there's a lot of movement and a lot of a lot of scope for sort of more more challenging and so um, and more challenging for me as an artist too because I the inner critic was really arcing up saying that's not what a rabbit's leg looks like that's not what a seagull really looks like okay these sorts of things but that's not what I'm wanting you know I don't want that <laughs> I don't want that as an artist I don't want it to be correct I want it to have an emotion I want it to convey emotion and feeling and elicit some sort of um, response other than, oh, that's pretty. Okay, so it's all about what you want to achieve with your work as well. And it's the same with your writing. Do you want your writing to be, you know, sort of safe and, um, you know, um, sort of conservative? Or do you want to push it a little bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further? and take it into other zones and that happens step by step. It doesn't happen with the first draft or the second draft. These things happen whether it's art or writing at all to my mind and my experience happens step by step. Now this made me think about um, we had Adrian Beck in um, the Duck Pond a couple of months ago and he gave a fantastic masterclass and during that masterclass um, Because he was talking about taking yourself out of your comfort zone too, uh, in terms of your creativity and what that feels like and the benefits of that. And during that time, he showed an excerpt of a John Cleese video. So I suggest that you get on YouTube and Google it. It's like John Cleese, Creativity in Management It was something really boring like that, the title, you'll see it, it's like had millions of views and it's pretty old um, footage, but it's a fantastic uh, talk that he gave, like a keynote at some some corporate gig, I think it was. And during that during that talk, he he mentions that there was some other guy in Monty Python um, who he who Cleese always considered to be way more creative than he was, way more creative than he was. But Cleese recognized over time that the reason that Cleese had more success in terms of his creativity and his sort of his, um, you know, kookiness was that Cleese was prepared to sit with it. He was prepared to sit with it and keep pushing. He wasn't happy to take the first thing that sprang to mind, which this other guy who was super creative, but was kind of, I guess, for want of a better word, creatively lazy. All right. least didn't say that but that's really what it is in a lot of ways we we can be creatively lazy we can be complacent we can tell ourselves that'll do and sometimes that'll do will do it'll be okay depending on what we're creating but a lot of the time and you know and it's about sticking with it and going go to the third drawing the fourth drawing the fifth drawing you know keep pushing keep pushing and see what you come up with and it's the same with your writing and it's the same with your dialogue you know I'm not saying you have to write amazing lyrical you know mind-boggling dialogue but you but it's worth sticking with these things and fine-tuning them until you get them to a level that you you're really comfortable with and you really like you know um and these things don't come off the top of your head they come with trial and error and experimentation so how about this for a roundabout um thing I'm just trying to get up I've only got one hand here but I'm trying to open my computer again so I can quickly there it is um I've got a blog post about the five um Uses of dialogue, and so that's the other thing that I want you to think about when you're when you're writing dialogue and when you're rewriting dialogue in particular. Um, I want you to think about questioning your dialogue and seeing if it's meeting any of these top five criteria. Um, So that can also help you when you're analysing your dialogue. And again, I really want to stress this is not this is not what happens in flow flow and creativity is much more intuitive this sort of stuff happens when you put on your editor's hat and you go back and you do a rewrite and you look at it with more critical eyes and from a left brain okay but the five the five um, main uses of dialogue as I've got on this blog post um, number one is to move the plot forward okay I've probably talked about this in another episode but you know it's worth going over these things over and over again isn't it it really is. I mean, with writing and, and, and art and all these things, you you just keep relearning the same stuff over and over again. And the further you go, the more sense these things make. You know, they, they, sometimes they don't land until a few years in. <laughs> so it's a kind of weird thing. And that's why I recommend that you go back and re-listen to podcasts as well because, you, you know, one one listen is not enough um, and I'm not just talking about my podcast, I'm talking about any podcast that's made sense to you and inspired you. It's worth re-listening, getting your favourite episodes and re-listening to them. So the five, the five uses of dialogue. One, move the plot forward. For example, Billy Joe cried Mary Lou, there's a body floating in the river. Okay? There's a body floating in the river. That's going to move the plot forward, isn't it? <laughs> um, number two, reveal character. Okay, so dialogue will reveal character and my example here is get that stinking cur away from me, said Mr Grimm, raising his shovel. I hate dogs. Okay, so straight away we're seeing, we're getting an insight into Mr Grimm. Um, Number three, express ideas and this would be also to express um, themes as well. You can do that via dialogue but you've got to go, you've got to be really careful with this this is where I think my um, writing body all those years ago went a bit haywire she was trying to express ideas she was trying to express themes but she did it with insincerity in terms of her commitment to the character because it was the characters were saying random shit (laughs) that they would never say in real life air quotes there so express ideas and this is a little excerpt from one of my own books the 14th summer of Angus Jack there is a problem, said Ava earnestly, with humans and greed. Do you know of it, Angus Jack? Okay. So that's just the little goblin girl, you know, thinking that she's saying something really profound. Um, and so there's a lovely irony in there. Uh, but it is, you know, it's expressing ideas, and one of the ideas and themes of that book was all, uh, about human greed. Um, number four, create conflict. Simple. Okay, create conflict through your dialogue. I brought you a glass of milk, said Judith. Get out of my room, yelled Dylan, slamming the door in her face. Okay, <laughs> just the most innocuous little bit of dialogue. But uh, we've, we've got a few things going on there. We've got creating conflict. We've got move, we could be moving the plot forward and we're certainly revealing character as well. So it's kind of working on lots of levels, that little little line of dialogue. And number five is reveal backstory or other important information. Okay, so back, uh, that's really important for dialogue. is very, very helpful in filling in the gaps. Um, what have I got here? I've written, yes, yes, Martha was still trying to heave the cat off the table. His claws were tangled in a doily. But you're always going on about the facts. Examine the facts, Martha. The, f- the facts never lie, Martha. Blah, blah. Can't you ever just, you know, go with the flow? So that's that's um, from the fourteenth summer of Angus Jack as well, and um, you can see Martha um, speaking to her brother, her elder brother, and um, and so that dialogue works. It fills in backstory. It gives other information. It's all those things. Um, so it's working on lots of levels so that's that's something that you can think about anyway I I urge you to go and have a look at that blog post if you want to deep go more deeply into dialogue because the blog post goes on and on and on (laughs) without any hint of a plot but it's there for you if you want to um glean more stuff and if, if you're struggling with your dialogue or even if you just think your dialogue could do with a bit more of a a bit more of a uh a polish Okay, I'm going to go off and drink my coffee while it's still hot and go back to my, I'm making a collage tram today and I can't tell you how much fun I'm having. I've cut out all the little windows and um, I've been using jelly plates and I'm having a ball. So um, that's what it's all about, isn't it? (laughs) We get to do this, you know, how lucky are we? We get to create, it doesn't get much better than that all right my love i will talk to you again soon thank you for listening i'll see you soon bye thanks for hanging out with me today if you want more ducky goodness pop over to the website www.girlandduck.com or you can find me on instagram at jen j-e-n-e-s-t-o-r-e-r bye for now